Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome back today Jan Bresky, who's been a guest of ours a couple of years ago. He's the founder, managing director, chief investment officer of Arixa Capital Advisors, a private real estate lender in Los Angeles. Jan, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you very much, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jan, your background includes a physics degree out of Dartmouth, a master's in uh, economics from Oxford University, a stint at Goldman Sachs. But since 2006, you've been running uh, Arixa Capital Advisors, and uh, you guys have participated in more than 800 real estate transactions, investing over $700 million for clients, and you focus on the professional single-family home renovators and small commercial investors and, and uh, uh, renovators with, through First Trust Deed Investing. So let's start with a brief background of yours, okay? Absolutely. So you got it exactly right. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm highly overeducated, but I found mid-career in my mid-30s that I really loved real estate. And uh, I've dedicated myself for the past 18 years to being uh, as as informed and 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 valuable of a real estate investment manager as I can be, and in 2010, I started my first real estate investment fund, which was focused on making loans that banks were not set up to make. So, um, loans where someone's buying a property and they need the loan to fund very quickly, and it'll pay off quite quickly as well, usually in in under a year. And uh, at the time, when I started that fund, it was fix and flip of single-family homes in certain California markets that we were lending on uh, because of the foreclosure crisis that was going on at the time. And, of course, things have changed. The foreclosure crisis is is uh, well behind us in California. But there's still a very, very substantial need for a lender who can move at the speed that our borrowers move rather than at the speed that banks move. And so we have occupied that space doing all kinds of loans around coastal California's major urban markets, where the best jobs are. Five million and under is our sweet spot. And it could be single-family homes. It could be a small apartment building. It could involve some construction. It usually does involve some renovation. And uh, that is our core business, and it's been a a great run since 2010. So, Jan, you are uh, lending not to the homeowner, but to a typically a contractor, I presume. Correct. A contractor, a developer, a real estate investor. It's usually people who make their living by improving real estate properties. And uh, uh, the backdrop of our business is that California was developed mostly in the years just following World War II, especially Southern California, where, where you and I are both located. And of course, the density was what, was what made sense at the time, but it no longer makes sense today. We are in the midst of really transforming urban California coastal cities from low-density, suburban density to more of what I would call a Brooklyn, New York-style density, right? Three stories is the future, not one and two stories. So our timing was fortunate. What got us into this business was 
the fix and flip foreclosure crisis that need, that called for a lot of financing to buy houses from banks and, and quickly rehab them with a light rehab. But what what's provided the legs to our business is the the need to really redevelop major parts of the cities in California to meet the needs of today's affluent working people who want to live in close into their job and they don't want to have to commute an hour and a half to work every day. Uh-huh. And 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 tell us what misperceptions, John, do you see by investors, okay? Because I presume that that's where things start. You have to raise the money to be able to lend it. What misperceptions do they typically have about the marketplace you're in? Well, I would say that's a great question. The the uh, thing that comes most to mind is most investors just haven't thought about doing direct lending or investing in a fund that does direct lending to real estate investors. Um, they might see that as inherently risky because they think about the, the financial crisis and, and real estate values really went down. But if you look at the urban markets where we're lending close to the very best jobs, prices did not go down dramatically. They went down over a period of four years, maybe 20 to 25% in places like West Los Angeles or probably Newport Beach. But they didn't go down 60 70% which is uh, they did in some areas of the country, but not where we're lending. So probably the biggest misperception is that that prices can drop overnight and, and destroy the margin of safety in our strategy. But actually, uh, in any one to two year period during the financial crisis, prices never went down more than 20% in these areas in a two year period or, or you know 18 months. And that's the length of time that matters to us. And um, our margin of safety is typically more like 40%, uh, which I can explain how that comes about. But it, we, think it's a, we think it's an all-weather strategy. We think it's going to be a big industry. And we think we can build this portfolio to $1 to $2 billion uh, in the coming years, uh, up from, you know, in the low to mid hundreds of millions today. Hey, you know, Jan... Uh we're talking real estate here in Southern California, which is, you know, not a new place uh, for people to make money or especially for people to try to make money. And everything you have said uh, is per- it sounds to be perfectly reasonable and logical. Are there people jumping into this marketplace every day? And uh, is there significant competition? Or uh, did you guys uh, start early and uh, people are not yet recognizing this opportunity? When I say people, I mean competitors of yours or would-be competitors yes. of yours. I would say both things are true. We did start very early um, because 2010, early 2010 was, was a time when money was fleeing real estate for the most part, and we started a fund at that time to invest in real estate loans and to originate real estate loans. But we do face substantial competition. Just as an example, um, one of our main competitors, Genesis Capital, was purchased by Goldman Sachs by one of their private equity funds. And Goldman Sachs Bank is actually funding um, the, the loans that they originate. And uh, that tells you that one of the biggest financial institutions recognizes this is a sizable market. There are other large competitors as well. There are probably five uh, companies in California originating a billion dollars a year or more of non-bank real estate loans that have a lot of similarity to what we do. So we do face competition, but at the same time, um, each company has its own niche. For example, 
some of the bigger companies do a ton of lending in Florida, and they do a ton of lending in Texas. And they'll go and fly into a major city on the East Coast and find the two or three biggest fix-and-flip operators and arrange giant loans to those people. We're very different. We tend to lend to the people that do one to five projects per year, and they just work in the coastal California markets that we know best, which is uh, the L.A. area, the San Francisco Bay Area, San Diego, um, Orange County. We're doing a little bit of work in Seattle and Portland now, but it's very much introduction-based because we meet every borrower and we see every property before we approve a loan. So um, just like the banking industry evolved into specialized banks that each can thrive in their own niche, that's what's happening in the non-bank lending industry as well. Uh, Dion, you, you mentioned margin of safety. Without going into too tall of weeds here, can you briefly describe how an investor is protected by, or how you seek to protect an investor by, uh, uh, by how you, you establish everything here? Absolutely. So our typical loan is 75% of the cost of a project, the purchase price and the renovation costs. And so we typically do release additional funds as a project is improved over the course of uh, the year following the, the original loan that we make. And our borrowers are value-add investor developers, so if they're doing a project and their cost is 100, they want to be able to sell that property for at least 115, if not 120, if you will, uh, when it's done. So when we lend 75% of cost, and that's really hard costs, not including some soft costs like interest expense and so forth, we're really lending about 60% of the value of the property by the time it's finished. So the margin of safety is both the 25% skin in the game down payment that our borrower is making to own the property, plus whatever profit margin is built in, and we underwrite their ability to actually complete the improvements that will add value to the property. So the, the addition of value to the property contributes to our margin of safety, and we're targeting something like a 60 to 65% loan to value based on the final value of the property once the repositioning is done. Okay. And uh, given the markets that you're in, we all know that real estate is highly localized, and you can't. And we're, it would be imprudent to make broad statements about it. But your experience and what you see right now, the beginning of 2019, is the uh, Los Angeles and these large urban areas, uh, affluent urban areas, are, are they approaching a top, or do you see a significant room to grow here in terms of real estate values in the markets that you're in? Uh, I think that we've, we've reached the top, and we're in a period now of a plateau, or gentle um, uh, decline in values, to answer your question directly. Uh, for some types of assets, I think that the decline could be a little more than others. For example, uh, for a high-end home in the Hollywood Hills that's 10,000 square feet, I actually think that values today are quite a bit below where they were a year a year or two, or maybe even 18 months ago. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yes, I do. Um, for because the supply of those mega mansions is has been too much relative to the uh, the demand, in my view, and we have not been a lender on those ten thousand square foot type homes uh, that we we focus on the loans of um, typically three million and under. So um, 
and, and our average loan amount for single family is about a million to a million two fifty, which is which is for Los Angeles. That's a pretty typical West LA re- renovation of a house in a you know close in neighborhood, but not in an ultra luxury neighborhood at all. Right. So, and also on the apartment side, a lot of what we do is really workforce housing. Like we 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 finance a lot of renovations of apartment buildings in Long Beach. Um, so, to answer your question, I think that. Uh, we're we're in the midst of a of a pullback in real estate values uh, of some amount, but I think it's going to be a gentle one. And I think that if you look out over the five to ten year period, it's going to be a prosperous one and, and an active one for real estate renovation and redevelopment in California. And uh, the I guess back to your misperception question, there may be a perception that if real estate values are high and they may be declining, that, that, that you can't make any money in real estate and you should just flee and avoid it. That's not actually true in our case because with the 40% margin of safety that I mentioned to you, even if values were to decline, let's say, 5% over the next year and then another 5% the following year, that's still plenty for us of margin of safety for us to get paid interest, current, and repayment of principal on every loan that we do. And so we and other companies like us can absolutely make money through this part of the market cycle. The one thing that would cause our strategy to lose money would be a very dramatic um, and rapid decline in values of 30 plus percent, let's say. So uh, if anything like that were to happen, I think it would be unlikely to be in the prime coastal areas where we're lending. And also, it would probably be something very localized, such as maybe, you know, perhaps if there were some some unforeseen event happened, that, that it's possible that values could decline that much, but it seems pretty unlikely. There's not, a, there's not any force on the horizon to me that would cause our strategy or strategies like ours to, to lose money in the next year or two. I think we can keep on being a profitable lender through the next uh, phase of the cycle. Jan, uh, not trying to promote you or anything, but all we hear about is the housing shortage in Los Angeles in terms of housing. So, uh, you know, I think it's the exact opposite. Uh, the the, the demand is going to be there. And we'd like to move on to a couple of other things briefly here. Um, you, you guys do a couple of other things that let's talk about very briefly. One is you have a uh, an economic forum focused on real estate at UCLA. You guys have done that for several years. I've attended that, been very impressed by the quality of the crowd, the quality of the presentations, etc. And uh, you really been congratulated for that excellent program. Thank you so much, Charlie. Appreciate your coming. And we have had that event for 12 years in a row now at the business school at UCLA and uh, together with the UCLA Real Estate Alumni Group. And um, we typically have more than 500 attendees for that. What I've learned is that Real estate professionals and investors like coming to events. They like the opportunity to meet potential other investors or developers or uh, you know whoever it is that they're looking to meet. Going to events is one of the best ways to, to meet who you're who you're trying to meet. And uh, so we do sponsor a whole series of events, not only uh, the, that one, which is the biggest one, but for example, um, one topic that's on a lot of our clients' minds right now is opportunity zones. That was the and second lot- thing I was going to bring us, bring up to tell us about them here. Absolutely. So Los Angeles has a number of areas called opportunity zones, 
and there are very favorable tax benefits for investing in opportunity zones right now if the investment is done according to certain rules. This is all part of the 2017 tax law, and the IRS has clarified the rules through 2018 so that now I think the real investment is is happening in opportunity zones. And um, so we are hosting events in various opportunity zones around L.A. to get our clients and, and our potential clients out into those opportunity zones to see what's actually happening. The first one is in West Adams, which is uh, along the expo line about midway between USC and Santa Monica. And we're hosting a, an event for about 100 people, some of whom will be looking to invest into Opportunity Zones, many of whom are doing projects in Opportunity Zones and looking for financial partners and, and investors. And we're hosting that just to to create a forum for people to meet each other, and we hope that we'll be able to lend on some of these redevelopment projects. And also, uh, some of our investors have asked us whether we can help place equity capital in Opportunity Zones, because to qualify for the tax treatment, um, you have to invest equity. Debt does not qualify. So we're actually expanding our offering a little bit to leverage the network that we have and our expertise in real estate. So the first one is in West Adams. The second one is going to be in an area called Frogtown, which is north of downtown uh, and an exciting development area. And uh, we'll be doing some other ones as well. And uh, if anybody is interested in hearing about these events, getting invited to these events, um, or in seeing our publications about Opportunity Zones, because we have a few uh, things we've done recently, they should come to our website and uh, use the contact form there to request whatever they want. And the website, if I could just uh, mention it, Charlie, now. Please do. It's uh, erixacapital.com. That's A-R-I-X-A, capital C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. And uh, use the contact form. Let, let let us know what you're looking for, and we'll get you whatever information you want. Okay, Jan, thank you very much. Jan, final question here. What book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Oh, uh, goodness gracious. Uh, there are so many, and I... Uh uh, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Howard Marks' books. Okay. And yeah, I am too. I, He's uh, a very clear writer and thinker, isn't he? He is, and I think I think investing requires clear thinking. And I, I saw him speak recently at um, at UCLA at the business school, and as usual, I I found it kept me on track. So I would say Howard Marks uh, recently did a book, and um, I think it's. I think it's got a lot of wisdom in it, but there are others as well, um, but that's a, that's the one that comes to mind. Okay, appreciate it. So final words for our listeners here, uh, Jan? Well, um, it's, a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Charlie, and we think um, we're trying to build relationships, so I would just encourage your listeners, if they're interested in any of the topics we talked about, please reach out to me. I'm always available and would love to have a, a, a brief call and see how we can be helpful, and you know, we're relationship-based, and and I found that's a wonderful way to do business and a great way to find good investments as well. Well, you know, Jan, uh, with the housing shortage that's going on in the areas that you're in, with low interest rates for fixed income investments for investors uh, and for your low uh, short-term investing based upon first trust deeds, it sounds to us like uh, you are well positioned to continue significant growth in the near future. So we offer our uh, our best wishes to you and to Arixa Capital and to all of you there. And uh, hope things continue to go well for you. And thank you very much for joining us today. 
My pleasure. Thank you, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Jan Bresky, founder, managing director, chief investment officer of Arixa Capital, a private real estate lender out of Los Angeles. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at info at and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strateginvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. <laughs>